Hello and welcome to the What Women Want Today podcast. You might be asking yourself right about now, well, what do women want? I mean, we're pretty complex creatures, right? Well, I think we want it all. And I'm here to explore it with you. My name is Terry Kellums. I'm your host. Go grab your favorite beverage. I've already got my glass of wine and let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. If this is your first time, let me introduce myself. I am Terry Kellums, your podcast host and a coach to women who struggle to find fulfillment and meaning in midlife. If you are not currently a part of our Facebook community, please consider this my official invitation. You can find the links to the Facebook community and my Instagram account in the show notes for today's episode. If you are a regular listener, welcome. You might recognize that this is the first solo episode I have produced for a while. I've talked about vulnerability here on the podcast before, and even though I honestly believe it shows strength to be vulnerable, it doesn't make it easy. (laughs) I've been on a little bit of a struggle bus lately with some stress, and it's taking me some time to find my footing again. Coaching midlife women to feel fulfilled does not make me immune to struggling with it at times. So let me tell you a little bit about how the idea for today's show started formulating in my mind. It's been several months ago now that my husband was noticing that I seemed what he called a little bit off. But really, it didn't seem all that odd to me because we had been living what I call a temporary life for three years. We lived in Phoenix and he had received a job transfer to a little town in the northwest corner of Arizona near Nevada and Utah. And the entire time we lived there, It never felt like home. Even though we met really nice people there, in the back of my mind, I just kept telling myself, this is temporary, and then we're moving back to Phoenix. Before we moved, we had already started the process of building a home there. We spent almost the entire three years we lived there building this house to sell. Remember um, in The Wizard of Oz when Dorothy said, lions and tigers and bears, oh my! (laughs) Our life was like, building a house we will never live in and living inside of an RV in a building with no windows and COVID. Oh my. (laughs) So if I was off, as my husband suggested, I didn't recognize it. I thought I was living every day the best I knew how. I started this podcast during that time. I loved coaching. I was enjoying desert hikes in a very beautiful community. I was enjoying cooking meals more than I ever had before. And then another job transfer came through, and before you knew it, we were packing up our belongings. About 75% of our U-Haul was um, actually loaded, and COVID struck. And let me tell you, friend, it was torture sitting inside that RV for, I don't know if it was 10 or 12 days, with our U-Haul almost loaded and ready to go, and not be able to do anything. Well, after we finally got moved down here to Southern Arizona, there was a period of distraction. Like when you, you know, when you move to a new place, you've always got that period of settling in, finding your footing, getting used to the new restaurants and shopping and all those types of things. And then one day he just announced to me that he never wanted to move back to Phoenix. (laughs) Remember in my story, I was saying in my head, I was always thinking that living in these little remote towns was a temporary sacrifice until we could move back to Phoenix. Well, that day he blew that theory out of the water for me. And then again, he said, you're not happy anymore. You used to smile and laugh all the time. And I feel like I haven't seen that in a while. And it got me questioning, what is happy anyway? I feel like most of us 
the answer doesn't come immediately. We just push it away and deal with it later. I mean, I was busy. I had other things to think about and do, right? (laughs) But in the quiet moments, it was there waiting for me to unlock it. So I did what most of us do when we want answers. I went to Google and I discovered that there are 27 emotions that experts like to tell us, but you know, to be honest, they're not in agreement on how many there actually are. I'm going to share a few of them with you that you'll probably find familiar and the rest I'll just put in the show notes for today in case you're interested in hearing all of them. But some of the more familiar ones that you might be acquainted with would be admiration, adoration, anger, anxiety, boredom, confusion, disgust, excitement, fear, joy, sadness, and surprise. And they consider there to be seven core emotions, happiness, sadness, surprise, fear, anger, disgust, and contempt. So here's my question for you today. Have you given much thought to what makes you happy? During our time together today, I'm going to dive into what the experts say about happiness. And if after listening to this, you'd like to discuss it more, please feel free to come over to that Facebook group or onto my, any one of my social media accounts or send me a private message. I really do want to hear your thoughts. Recently, we took a trip to Laredo, Mexico, and we were on an excursion in a boat. We were going to tour all the surrounding islands. Our guide was Rainy, and he was an absolute joy. (laughs) His narrative of what we were seeing was filled with knowledge and passion, and his desire to show us this little part of Mexico and all the beauty it has to offer was so inspiring. He was determined that we were going to see some fun things like the manta rays, stop in a few beautiful spots to snorkel, and see some dolphins. During our stop at um, a little beach, we were eating a picnic lunch. And he said something to our cousin who was with us that day, which prompted her to ask, oh, so you're planning to retire in the next few years? And his answer was adamantly no. He said, that is the time when I will buy my own boat and work for myself. I love what I do every day. And I'm not a really great person that can guess people's ages, but I would say he was um, probably late 50s. And there was no doubt that he was a happy guy. So that evening at dinner, we were being searched by our new favorite waiter. And Brian asked him, how was your day? And he said, Senora, every day is a good day. Why not? It felt like a repetitive theme throughout our stay. We encountered so many happy people. So Brian and I started talking about simple happiness. We talked about another vacation. We were down in the Dominican Republic and we were on horseback excursion. And these little children who were obviously poor by the state of their clothing and their cleanliness or lack of cleanliness, and they were barefoot. They ran up to us uh, smiling and offering us mangoes, and they looked blissfully happy. At the end of our ride, we sat in this little covered shelter with our fellow horseback riding companions. And if memory serves me right, they were giving us a little presentation of some of the things in the surrounding area. I noticed this little girl, she was probably three or four. She was smiling at me. She was a local girl. And I smiled back at her and kind of nudged Brian, who also turned and smiled at her. The next thing I know, she had situated herself next to me on the bench. Out of habit, I reached in my pocket for a Tic Tac and noticed a look on her face of curiosity. So I looked at her mom as if to ask her silent permission to offer the little girl a Tic Tac, and she nodded her agreement. 
I carefully took her hand and shook a couple Tic Tacs out on her palm for her. And then I did the same in my own hand. I took one and placed it in my mouth. And she watched me very cautiously and curiously. And then she put one in her own mouth. Her face showed delight. I started to put the little container of Tic Tacs back in my pocket and made a quick decision to give the little girl the remainder of my mints. She was so thrilled. She shook them and was so happy with the noise they made, she rushed over to share it with her mom. As the presentation was wrapping up, I felt a little tug on my shirt, and I turned to look. The little girl was back, and she had a flower, and she placed it behind my ear and smiled at me. Oh, happiness all around, right? (laughs) I couldn't shake this idea, though, of how people living such a simple, and let's be real, they lived in a third world country with poverty that is unimaginable to us. But how could they be so happy? How could they be poor? How could they be dirty? How could they think offering mangoes or receiving Tic Tacs was such a joyful thing to do? I knew this was a subject I was going to have to come home and put some more thought into. So I want to jump into the science for a minute. Let me give you the two types of happiness that the experts talk about. Hedonic happiness, which is achieved through experiences of pleasure and enjoyment, Examples of that would be like sex and food, and eudaimonic happiness, which is achieved through experiences of meaning and purpose. Both kinds of happiness contribute to overall well-being, but in different ways. Although the researchers say hedonic may be the easier of the two types to access quickly, but 2,000 years ago, Aristotle argued that the secret to a better life and a better society is a mix of happiness, eudaimonic happiness, and virtue of character. In fact, he believed these two concepts should be the main pillars of political philosophy. The concept of eudaimonic well-being is comprised of six crucial elements that experts believe are the prerequisite for authentic and lasting happiness. And they are personal growth, environmental mastery, positive relations, self-acceptance, purpose in life, and autonomy. When it comes to motivation and change, researchers believe that eudaimonia compared to hedonic well-being is a much safer road to happiness. In other words, the pursuit of momentary pleasures does not equal long-term satisfaction and well-being. When we think about happiness, some of the first things that might come to mind are a set of activities, experiences that generate pleasure and satisfaction. We also associate happiness with eating at our favorite restaurants going somewhere special, or simply being free of any stress that might interfere with our positive mood. That's what experts call hedonic happiness or hedonic well-being. The sense of happiness and satisfaction that results from indulging in a momentary pleasure or a whim. Hedonic happiness is perhaps the easiest and fastest way to experience positive emotions and relieve the stresses and frustrations of everyday life. However, since Aristotle shared his belief some 2,000 years prior, there were some who considered hedonic happiness to be vulgar. There were those that believed that once we chose to pursue pleasure above all else and avoid discomfort at any cost, will we become slaves of our own desires. It can cause us to abandon long-term goals in favor of short-term satisfaction and sacrifice self-discipline for the sake of pleasure. I think there's some room for us to meet in the middle here. I believe there are times when indulging in momentary pleasures or avoiding a stressful situation or emotions 
can be beneficial to our mental well-being. As with a lot of things in life, moderation is key here. Recently, I was experiencing some serious stress in relation to that house building I was talking about earlier. And I shared what was going on with a friend and she said, I'm so sorry. How are you going to take care of you today? These are the questions we're asking ourselves when we think of self-care. How am I going to avoid this discomfort, even for a short period of time, in pursuit of some peace and pleasure? For me, it might look like a massage or pedicure, reading a good book, watching HGTV, but it could also be something like eating dark chocolate-covered almonds or drinking a glass of wine on my patio while looking out at the mountains. Everyone needs their own distraction from stress. Another friend of mine who is doing some rather phenomenal growth work on herself was talking to me one day and she was sharing some of her recent victories. And she said something that I think is very profound. She said, why do we avoid unpleasant emotions? She said that she was working at sitting still in her own uncomfortableness. Wow. So here's what I've decided. The pursuit of happiness might be a lofty goal. I mean, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be happy. But how do we measure it? How do we maintain it? When we get to a certain level, do we feel let down that we aren't even happier? Do we compare our level of happiness against another's and find ourselves coming up short? Out of curiosity, I went to Amazon to see how many books were offered with the word happy in the title. Any idea of how many I found there? You got your number in your head? (laughs) 70,000 books. I'd like you to consider this. Contentment is a long-lasting feeling accompanied by peacefulness, gratitude, and satisfaction. And fulfillment comes from pursuing your passions and purpose. So I'm leaving you this final with this final question today. Is society perhaps too obsessed with the constant need to feel happy? Thank you so much for being here with me today. Until next time, please remember to take good care of you. you so much for joining me. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation as much as I did. If you'd like to continue the conversation, come on over and join our private Facebook group, What Women Want Today. I'd love to hang out with you some more there. Any resources mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at What Women Want Today podcast or visit my website at whatwomenwanttoday.com. Please remember to subscribe, download, and share leave me a review. It helps other amazing women find the show and become a member of our community. One last thing for you today. You are not alone. You are worthy of love and a fulfilled life. Now it's time to go after it.